Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the Relevant Radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org. Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Thursday of the 33rd week in Ordinary Time. The topic is The Tears of Jesus. Part 1. Jesus is not indifferent to the fortunes of his children. At the start of his triumphal march into Jerusalem, Jesus began the descent along the western slope of the Mount of Olives. Jesus halted at a turn of the road, where the holy city suddenly came into view. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. All the joy and enthusiasm of his followers could not compensate for his tremendous sorrow. The Lord foresaw the wholesale destruction of this beloved city by Titus and his armies, because you did not know the time of your visitation. The Messiah had walked the streets of Jerusalem. He had taught the good news in the temple. His miracles had been witnessed by the inhabitants, yet they did not respond. Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you when your enemies will cast up a bank about you and surround you and hem you in on every side and dash you to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. We can read between these lines the anguish that clutched the Savior's loving heart. Why had not Jerusalem responded to the repeated invitations of the Lord? Why were the Jewish leaders so obstinate in refusing to acknowledge the self-evident fulfillment of the messianic prophecies? Jesus had given them many opportunities to change their hearts in the past. This was their last chance. With their steadfast refusal, they brought down upon Jerusalem the terrible climax of this awful prophecy. The Lord is overcome with sorrow at the thought of this catastrophe. Jesus is never indifferent to the fortunes of his children. His eyes are filled with tears. His words are halting and filled with grief. St. John has left us another account of the tears of Jesus. The Master had arrived in Bethany after the death of his dear friend Lazarus. He was approached by Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who was weeping inconsolably. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. At this moment, Jesus revealed his great sorrow at the death of his friend. Jesus wept. The Jews who were there present remarked, See how he loved him. Jesus is perfect God and perfect man. He understood the meaning of friendship. He knew how to love. Whenever Jesus showed his feelings, as in these situations, he was expressing 
a true human love. Admittedly, this expression did not express the fullness of divine love, but it gives us some idea of God's attitude to his children. Let us meditate today on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We should understand that God is very interested in our response to his grace and his friendship. He is moved by the sacrifices we make in order to visit him in the Blessed Sacrament every day. He is pleased by our sincere effort to grow in friendship with him. He follows our struggle to be charitable towards others, to serve him in the middle of the world. He is very proud of our performance. In the words of St. John Paul II, Man cannot live without love. He remains a being that is incomprehensible for himself. His life is senseless if love is not revealed to him. If he does not encounter love, if he does not experience it and make it his own, if he does not participate intimately in it, the man who wishes to understand himself thoroughly, and not just in accordance with immediate, partial, often superficial, and even illusory standards and measures of his being, He must, with his unrest, uncertainty, and even his weakness and sinfulness, with his life and death, draw near to Christ. He must, so to speak, enter into him with all his own self. He must appropriate and assimilate the whole of the reality of the incarnation and redemption in order to find himself. If this profound process takes place within him, he then bears fruit, not only of adoration of God, but also of deep wonder at himself. How precious must man be in the eyes of the Creator, if he gained so great a Redeemer, and if God gave his only Son in order that man should not perish, but have eternal life. Part 2. The Most Holy Humanity of Christ Authentic Christian life consists in an ever-deepening personal friendship with Christ. Our goal as Christians is to imitate the Master and incarnate His doctrine in our life. Following Jesus has nothing to do with esoteric theoretical speculation. Christianity is not just a battle against sin. Jesus wants us to love him with deeds. He wants us to recognize his love for us. In the words of St. Jose Maria, For Christ is alive. He is not someone who is gone, someone who existed for a time and then passed on, leaving us a wonderful example and a great memory. Christ lives among us. We have to see him with the eyes of faith. We have to speak with him in our prayer. He hears us even before we say a word. Jesus is not indifferent to our successes and failures, to our joys and sorrows. For by his incarnation, the Son of God has united himself in some fashion with every man. He worked with human hands. He thought with a human mind, acted by human choice, and loved with a human heart. Born of the Virgin Mary, 
He has truly been made one of us, like us, in all things except sin. As an innocent lamb, he merited for us life by the free shedding of his own blood. In him God reconciled us to himself and among ourselves. From bondage to the devil and sin he delivered us, so that each one of us can say with the apostle, The Son of God loved me and gave himself up for me. His most holy humanity is the bridge that leads us to our Father God. Today we are considering the tears of Jesus for that city he loved so much. Jerusalem did not recognize the arrival of her Messiah, even though this arrival was the city's reason for being. We have to pray about those times when we have made the Lord weep by our sins and omissions. Have we ever left the Lord waiting expectantly for us, like those nine lepers who fail to return and give thanks? If we do not love Jesus, we will make no progress in the interior life. Our friendship with Christ must be nourished by the Gospels. There we will discover that Jesus is profoundly human and very close to us. At times, we will see him wearied by the day's journey. He is there seated beside Jacob's well after a long, hot day. He is thirsty. Jesus turns his attention to a Samaritan woman. He converts her and then converts the whole town of Sychar. We see Jesus hungry. Once when he was traveling from Bethany to Jerusalem, he approached a fig tree that had only leaves on it. We see Jesus worn out by an intense day of preaching to the crowds. He was so exhausted that he fell asleep aboard a boat in the middle of a serious storm. Christ had time for everyone he met along his way. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He cared for people's spiritual and physical needs. The life of Jesus is a marvelous fountain of love. If we contemplate his life, we will find it so much easier to follow him wholeheartedly. Again from St. Jose Maria, whenever we get tired in our work, in our studies, in our apostolic endeavors, when our horizon is darkened by lowering clouds, then let us turn our eyes to Jesus, to Jesus who is so good and who also gets tired, to Jesus who is hungry and suffers thirst. Lord, how well you make yourself understood how lovable you are. You show us that you are just like us in everything but sin, so that we can feel utterly sure that together with you, we can conquer all our evil inclinations, all our faults. For neither weariness nor hunger matter, nor thirst nor tears. Since Christ also grew weary, new hunger was thirsty and wept. What is important is that we struggle to fulfill the will of our Heavenly Father. Part 3. Having the Same Sentiments as Jesus The Lord's lament over Jerusalem contains a great mystery. 
Jesus had expelled demons, healed sick people, raised the dead, converted tax collectors and sinners. Yet all his efforts had come to naught as far as Jerusalem was concerned. Her people were too hard-hearted. We have here a glimpse of what effect this kind of rejection has on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Again in the words of St. Jose Maria, At times, seeing those souls asleep, one feels an enormous desire to shout at them, to make them take notice, to wake them up from that terrible torpor they have fallen into. It is so sad to see them walk like a blind man hitting out with his stick, without finding the way. I can well understand how the tears of Jesus over Jerusalem sprang from his perfect charity. The work of the Master is continued by his followers. We participate in the sentiments of the Sacred Heart. When we look at Jesus, we have to learn how to care for our fellow men. We have to treat each person with the respect he or she deserves. We should strive to understand our neighbor's defects and make allowance for them. Christ will teach us how to be authentically human. Every day we will seek to make life more pleasant for the people around us. We will give way in our likes and dislikes. We will show a sincere interest in the health of others. Above all, we will be concerned about the spiritual well-being of everyone we deal with in the course of the day. Let us bring them closer to Christ. St. John Chrysostom has written, There is no better sign by which a Christian may be identified than the care he shows for his fellow man. Today we ask our mother, Holy Mary, to give us a heart like that of her son, as a result, we will never be indifferent to the fortunes of our neighbors. In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to scepterpublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's scepterpublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.